This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. My name is Chris, I'll be your host today, and we are coming from Bend, Oregon in our studio. We've got Becky, Bobby, Veronique. Hello, hello. So ready. What's up guys? Yes. You guys so doing good? Doing well. We're doing Hanji. Uh, hanji? That's What's Hanji? Hanji is... Uh, <laughs> I know, Veronique, you have to describe it. So in Australia, they, like if they pay with a $100 bill, it's like a Hanji. It's a Hanji. So it's 100%. You know, for me, I'm like, how's it going? A Hanji. So yeah. that's our new thing. Instead of, was so, uh, instead of it no was cap. so good, we're going to say, oh, it's Hanji. Yeah, 100 It's Hanji. All right, so... That's kind of odd. I'm um, sorry. But I like it. <laughs> no, it's good. So hunchy. It's so good. I love it's it. It's better than so good. Right. So good. Right. So good. All the time. Know. All the time. I, I'm not so sure good. that it's better than. A- but, all right. You vote. Okay. You, you guys vote. Let us know. So yeah. good or hunchy? Oh, my goodness. Okay, but if we do this, <laughs> it's going to tell Don't us the age anyone. of our constituents. Our demos. That's okay. So, That's okay. Our tribe okay, out there, we want to know. Do a little look up. We want some Gen Z <laughs> lingo in there so that you can stay connected to the younger crowd. Okay, so this is the second part of a little series this, that we're doing. This one's um, going to be intense, I knowing feel. Knowing your season, <laughs> yeah. Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Yeah. What so, time is it? Yeah. What time, what time is, is it? Is it? Yeah. Right. Um, know your season. So we just did, the last one we just did was War and Peace, not the book. The seasons, yeah. And so, if you haven't seen that um, or or heard that, go go watch or listen to that after this. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be in order, but um, it's it's really a powerful one to listen to. It was really good. You guys were so good in that one. Hundred <laughs> P. Um, we're gonna go into this next one on the seasons of love and hate. And just like with war and peace, a lot of times as Christians, I think we get in this thing where we say. Um, oh, war is the problem, so peace is the answer. Mm -hmm. But actually, Scripture says there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. In the same way, um, we say hate is the problem and love is the answer. But again, Scripture actually says there's a time for hate and a time for love. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to just start off and jump right into, wait a minute, there's a time for hate? Let's let's start there. What? 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 Yeah. Me and my influencer says, no, 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 no. Yeah, You're yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not there a time for no hate. There is no time for hating. Except for hating hate. That's the only time is That's hating it, hate. That's right? it. But hating sin. But, but we need to know the definition. So, Bobby, yeah. you shared. So, share with us the definition of hate. So, it means, uh, at least in scripture, yeah. um, it means <laughs> to prefer less. So, when Jacob said, or when Jesus, or God said, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated, um, he preferred Esau less. Wow. Yeah, because he was willing to give up his birthright. And wow. the Lord saw that. Um, he says that you can love what is good and hate evil. Mm-hmm. And so that hate, which is probably has the picture of passion, 
next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that, by the scriptures, we as Christians need to know we should hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that begins with evil. Uh, we should also um, be able to, because you're going to get a lot of kickback in this time, that if you stand up for anything that's righteous, you're going to be seen as a hater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as the government begins to define that for you, um, you're going to want to back that down some. So mm-hmm. this is the perfect conversation to have. Totally. Yeah, that's a label that has become super uh, flippant. Like anything um, that goes against the common flow of what's culturally accepted mm-hmm. is now a hate thing. Yeah. And it, it, at least in Western culture, carries such a strong set of emotions with it. No yeah. one wants to be seen as hating something. So it's a powerful tool that I believe in largely the enemy is using to mm-hmm. convince people to water down their morals or belief structure mm-hmm. or just their um, what they'll take a stand on because no one wants to be seen as a hate-filled yeah. person. Yeah. Um, Becky, you were about to say something. Well, I was just thinking, no, no, it's good. I was just thinking, you know, as you're talking about the, uh, you know, current situation where it's, uh, you know, at least in America right now, I know other nations are dealing with this uh, in a similar fashion too, but it is, um, there's been a a distinct line um, Mm -hmm. drawn in the sand by uh, the, the, you know, more uh, liberal um, politically minded people where they are saying and it and I just you know you can see it on social media like everywhere people and in the news um, if you're not vaccinated uh, you know with the um, what they call the uh, COVID vaccine um, you know then you are hating your fellow Americans your you know the uh, your your fellow uh you're hating humanity. You're, you're hating those those people. And there was like this in the news today. Uh, you know, a lady actually put in her obituary that she was um, she accused an unvaccinated person of killing her. Wow. And it was she put that in before she had to put that in before she put she, she put it she wrote it down as like put this as my obituary. Oh my goodness. And you know, so there is this line being drawn that if you do not conform to what society believes is appropriate, that you now are against them. You are hating them. Mm-hmm. In some states there are portions of the Bible who are, that are now being called hate speech. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so, right. Here's the definition of hate. It just means intense or passionate dislike. Mm-hmm. And so really, you're going to call that hate, uh, some would call that righteousness, right? Yeah. Some would call that standing up. And mm-hmm. so those lines of what hate is, uh, it depends on who's defining that right now. Yes. And I don't think you should let that be defined for you. Yes. I want to jump. dangerous. Totally. Yeah. I want to jump back. Um, our previous episode, Bobby read from, I believe it was Revelations, where the Lord was saying, I would rather that you be hot or cold. Um, obviously, he doesn't want us cold, but he does not like the lukewarm. He says that I can literally vomit you out of my mouth (laughs) because of your lukewarmness. And I think when I'm looking today at what terms are trying to be redefined, um, it's bringing it down to lukewarm. 
basically, mm. in my view, it's bringing things down to lukewarm. Wow. Um, the Father loves the holy. He says, be holy as I am holy. He desires us to be holy. The opposite of that would be profane, right? Yeah. He doesn't want us to take the holy, the consecrated, and dumb it down and make it common because then it's no longer holy. He wants us to live hot, passionate, on fire. So when I look at what's happening, these terms that they're trying to swap, Scripture says that there will come a time where right will be called wrong and yeah. wrong will be called right. I cannot think of a time in my life where yeah. this has been more true, right. where it has felt every single day like, I am wrong, I am wrong, I am wrong, when I know I'm standing on the truth of God's Word, which ipto facto makes me right <laughs> and righteous before Him. Right? Right. Totally. Wow. Totally. And being told what to hate. You yes. know, it's, it's they're defining what is, uh, what is, uh, what we should all hate so that we can all be on the same path towards sameness, uh, toward their agenda, to whatever that agenda is. And, you know, um, it goes far beyond and above what's happening on this planet. It's, it's the powers, it's the principalities. Yep. Um, it, is the, it is the spirit of the age, you know, that is really, uh, you know, the, the influencer to things that are happening. And so, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood, the Bible says, but it is, they are the, influ the ones being influenced to uh, carry out, you know, uh, an evil agenda. And, and so, we, you know, it, we, it's important for us to watch what, uh, what is it that we are, we are preferring less? What yeah. is it that we are hating? Yeah. You know, and, and that's why it's so important to keep in close relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. When God said, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated, um, that was a passion that the Lord showed. And he actually uses, uses the word hate. It's an extreme... I'm super disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. I am beyond just disappointed. I am now passionate to the point where the English word is hate, which we know it means to prefer less. So we can establish sometimes that someone's passion, well, you got all worked up about that. <laughs> and we say you're negative because you got worked up, right? The person who's irate automatically is wrong. Is wrong. Yeah. Where the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. Yeah. Oh, really? I have a permission to be angry? Absolutely. Comma, but sin not, which means manage it. Yep. So I'm going to have an emotion. I'm going to, yep. Mm -hmm. And, and that's okay. It's I'm okay. To. Yeah. I'm allowed to. to. It actually says, be angry. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's like permission. Mm -hmm. It's in the positive. It's in the active, be angry, mm -hmm. but sin not. And so where there's people around you, or maybe you grew up in a home that, geez, anybody who um, rose their voice above the gentle hum of a whisper <laughs> um, is automatically wrong. Then, and if you grew up in that house household where you're automatically wrong, right now you're sort of finding your voice. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a lot in the last decade in the church about finding your voice. Mm -hmm. And so while you're finding your voice, you're not going to do that 100% perfectly. Mm -hmm. When Jacob got his birthright, he didn't do it 100% perfectly. Remember? Mm -hmm. 
he schemed right. to get that birthright. Right. Yeah. He put hair on, he faked <laughs> like he was his brother to get the birthright. And what does God do generations after that? He says this, I am the God of Jacob. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He associates with yeah. that guy. Wow. Because Jacob, I'm going to go back to Revelation 3 for you. And that is, you were neither hot nor cold. Or you were not lukewarm. You were either hot or yeah, yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. You were passionate about what you wanted to go after. And that I can work with. Yeah. Mm, and so the person good. who's uh, irate, they can't control their emotions yet, they're still learning, don't just shout them down right now. Actually, we need to give more people a voice to learn to manage mm -hmm. their anger so they can hate what God hates. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me follow it. I know I'm going long. Proverbs 6. Mm -hmm. There are six things that the Lord hates. Ooh. Seven That's that are detestable, detestable. to him. <laughs> Here's what he hates. Haughty eyes. Let's talk about that for a second. A lying tongue. Yeah. Hands that shed innocent blood. Come on. Let's talk about that. A heart that devises wicked schemes. You want to know Ooh. what God hates? Yeah. Here's the list in scripture yeah. from the Lord. Yeah. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. Mm. God hates a false witness mm. who pours out lies. Wow. We better watch what we're yeah. saying yeah. in wow. this time. We better have facts before we just back up the truck on somebody. Mm -hmm. wow. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. That's, that's the final one. Wow. A person who stirs up conflict in the community. Why would God hate those things? You would think that because all of these things lead to the demise of society. They totally. are the bedrock. They yeah. cause division. Yeah. You know, that's so important too, because if we, if you really knew, if we really knew, if I really knew that that, that truth right there, mm -hmm. how much would it change how I behave? Absolutely. Totally. And how much would it change how you behave? Yeah. Would you go and gossip and say, hey, don't go to that church because it's so-and-so and this and that and do la 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 whatever. And hey, don't talk to that person because of this and that and this and that. Did you know yeah. what they did? Right. Like, right. It always starts with something that can grab you and suck you in so to the dark. It does. And so <laughs> as, I, as Bobby's reading this, I'm thinking, do you know when you gossip the Lord is saying that he hates that. Mm. Passionately. Passionately Absolutely. hates that. Yeah. And you're doing it. And you say you love the Lord. Mm. I think also it's important to look at, you know, the, the def definition of love. Because a lot of times when, uh, you know, just as much as hate gets twisted, that love gets twisted. Yeah. And how many times have I heard, how many times have you guys heard, hey, you just got to love that person. You just got to love, we just got to love. And, and what they're really meaning is, don't stand for righteousness. Don't stand for the, the truth of the Lord. Don't stand for justice. Mm -hmm. uh, conform so that you can uh, show the, the twisted love mm -hmm. that brings an acceptance to somebody else because they feel bad and they, they're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit on what they're doing. Come on. Absolutely. That goes back to Revelation right? 3. Mm. Be hot or cold, but yeah. not lukewarm. Yeah. You said, because it spits you out of my mouth, the, the Hebrew uh, or the Aramaic there means uh, you get the word spitting out of the mouth, but when you are in the middle you stand for nothing. You want to be a friend to everyone. God says, 
The reason why it spits, I spit that out of my mouth is because it makes me sick. That's what spit mm. out of my mouth means. It makes wow. me sick. Wow. So I want to I jump back a little bit to the hmm. Jacob scenario that you painted. Um, I think that we see this a lot, and I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on this. I could take what you were saying, Bobby, and push it all the way out to the end and say that the ends uh, justify the means of something that would not be in alignment with God's way because I'm so passionate. So Jacob, tricky, name means deceiver actually, um, pretends to be his brother to get the blessing, but the ends where... um, you know, God basically was rewarding him. Did that end justify the trickery on the way? Is that what you're saying? Because the Lord sees the yes in our heart and thank God for the blood of Jesus, he looks past the fault because he can see the end result is the deceiver, Jacob, is going to become a prince with God, Israel. And he knows that in advance. And he says, Jacob, you're not where you need to be right now. And again, thank God for the blood of Jesus. None of us are where we want to be Mm. or where we will be Mm. right now. And so we've seen God do great things in our lives and, and we're thankful for his grace, but we also understand there's more growth to be had. Philippians 1.6, God says that he'll begin a good, he begun a good work in us and he will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That means he's always working in us. So it doesn't justify sin or even immaturity, but it does um, sort of put a knife between the insincere and the sincere. And God knows the heart. Wow. Yeah. He, that's what the word of God does. It cuts between that soul and spirit. And God looks inside Jacob and he goes, Jacob, I know where you're headed. Peter, you just cut that dude's ear off. Peter, I know where you're headed. And on this rock of revelation, I will build my church. You know, and I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Did, could that mean, did that mean that Peter could handle the keys? Absolutely not. 15 minutes prior to that, he, the Lord said, get behind me, Satan, Mm. to Peter. Mm. So I just love that the Lord says, I see you in the future, like Kim Clement, and you look much better than you look right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And that is how the Lord sees us, through rose-colored, blood-stained colored glasses. Yeah. Wow. Good. Well, I want to just, um, first off, I want to say, Becky, you said that um, over the last decade, you, there's been a lot about the church gaining their voice. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that masks cover our mouths. I just mm-hmm. want to throw that out there and not go there. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> just casually toss Just casually. Out. Now that's on the ground. I have to say this. Um, so in terms of... did the ends justify the means? I look at Jacob's life and I see, like Bobby's saying, he had this passion in him, even to um, cash in his... his, uh, what do you call it? Inheritance. Inheritance. So he, it was his passion to have the birthright, right? And the Lord saw in him a quality that he loved, but I feel like what, what we often don't 
recognize is Mr. Sneaky McSneakypants, aka Jacob. He passed down qualities to his kids and their kids and their kids that they had to learn to walk out of. Right. So do those ends justify? You know what I mean? Like right. if we look at it like, wow, he, he did have something that the Lord wanted to redeem. Yeah. But his kids also learned his tricker, trickery yeah. ways. Yeah. And yeah. they had to walk out of that. That's a super yeah. good point. And... How it happens is Jacob ends up running from his brother for years. Yep. And his mom is without sons, and she's sort of this middle person now that's got to handle a civil war, if you will. Yeah. Um, between the two, Jacob and Esau. Mm -hmm. Right. And we know where that went. Mm -hmm. Jacob and Esau became two different nations. Right. That are yeah. now in the Middle East Eminity. fighting each other right. to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, the way I kind of look at this is the spirit of religion. Uh, one of its main um, tools, I believe, is to um, quantify and objectify um, situations and make them something that they're not. So, in this example, it wants us to focus on the means. And God's outside of that. So he's like, so we're like, but do the ends justify the means? And a lot of times people will say, absolutely they do. Yeah. You know, you got to break mm -hmm. a few eggs to make an omelet, right? whatever. You, there's a million little totally. idioms. But God's just kind of outside that. And you alluded to this, Bobby. He's outside that. He's like, oh, um, let me see the quality of this person. I can work with that. Mm -hmm. There's a leader in there. I can take that and I can work with it. He never once likes the means, but he looks outside that, whereas our tendency is to get hung up on that mm -hmm, and right. go, well, you know, it worked for David. He was a man after God's own heart. and Look at all of his issues. Right. Right. God's like, no, 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 you're missing the whole thing. Look at all his consequences. I can work well. with that. Yeah. I can work with that. Totally. Yeah. I didn't say I liked those particular issues, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I, as as God Father steps outside that, I can work. Now I got a leader. I got. I I know what I can do with that person. Mm -hmm. That's like uh, Mary, uh, one on our team um, here at Eagle Mountain and in Kingdom Learning. Uh, for 2021, we got these prophetic words, and this is one, uh, one of the phrases that she shared is, we love each other in the process of learning. Yeah. And I think that's the love that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's in the process of learning. And Absolutely. yet there are consequences Absolutely. to things um, not in the way of the Lord. Right. You know, he says that he, he in Hebrews, he wrote the law of his, um, the laws on our hearts. He imprinted them on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so it, this isn't like a get out of jail free card that we're talking about. It is, though, uh, extending love to those around us and to ourselves mm -hmm. uh, in the process of learning. Because if the laws on our, written on our hearts, we don't want to do it outside right. of God's will and God's way. That's so good, Becky. Um, the, to contrast David to Saul, that's a great, great thing because David had a yes in his spirit, but he, had, he did not walk it out. He walked it out with um, some bad 
uh, intentions and um, his peeps, and he had to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost a son that the Lord didn't raise up, right. um, et cetera, et cetera. There was all kinds of things. He, was a, he, had, he had blood on his hands. He was a man of war. And yeah. so Solomon had to build the, the temple because David, him. or God said, David, you can't do it. Yeah. Um, and so even though David got the plans and he got the vision, he had to hand that over to another generation. Um, because he was uh, a man of war in a wrong way sometimes. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, and David fought many godly wars, but the one who was to build the temple needed to be a man of peace, not a man of war. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, um, if you think about it, like from 100,000 foot, it's like, gosh, I was a man of war, so you could be a man of peace. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, right? Yep. I did this. I paved Lewis and Clark or the reformers or <laughs> yeah. the framers of the Constitution. We were in war so that America could be now what it is or what it has been. Mm-hmm. So we've got to thank those who've gone before us. But okay. my point is, too, uh, is that God thinks outside because he thinks of the big picture. Now, God did know Saul's heart, the core of Saul's heart. And he knew you could make the same mistakes or maybe even if you put them side by side, even less mistakes than David. Maybe if you judge the severity of them, maybe even they were less. But Saul, I knew your heart. And your heart was, you would not turn to me. And God told Saul, I would have established your kingdom forever. Nobody ever talks about what that would have looked like. Totally. I still, how would you have brought David up then if Saul right? wasn't an idiot? Right. You, you had a plan D all <laughs> along, and, but you still would have established Saul's kingdom forever, and you told him that. Yeah. But you also knew in Saul's heart that the motives of his heart were different than David's, and mm. that's what made you uh, wow. grace-filled for a man who was learning to walk out his royalty. And really, that's what's going on. You see someone learning to walk out the royalty, but they have a humble, teachable heart. Every time David fell, it was like Peter, they fell forward. And that mm. means that every time they yeah. got up, they were that much closer to the Lord. Mm. Where when Saul fell, he fell back, and he covered himself up, and he fell away from the Lord. Mm. Okay, so I think, as we're wrapping this up, uh, I would like to propose to everyone that we are in a time and a season where it is important for us to know what to love and what to hate. Mm-hmm. And that is only going to come through staying close to the Lord mm. and asking Him. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Hanji. <laughs> that is. So the other side of that, and, and we don't have to spend a bunch of time on this, but the other side of that is that, as you mentioned in the beginning, there is a time for love. I mean, that's a part of it too. And so there's a time for hate. So we've highlighted the, hey, when do I... Uh, when, I, when do I hate the things that the Lord hates? The other one that wasn't mentioned in the Proverbs uh, 6 list was that God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so how am I passionate um, about helping marriages stay together, helping families stay together, and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, but at the same time, um, what does love look like? And so I like to go back to what you said. We don't have to compare and contrast. In other words, like, love is the opposite of hate because I can detest some things that God detests and still walk in love. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I Sometimes that is love, actually. Yeah, and I think that uh, a lot of times, um, you know, when you listen to a podcast like this, 
uh, I think a lot of times what's going to happen for people is they're going to hear it and they're going to go, can you define that for me? Um, because I'd like permission. Yeah. And what I mean by that is um, a lot of times you, you immediately say, hey, we're going to talk about love and we're going to talk about hate. And as someone listens to that, boom, 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 things pop into their brain. Things they hate, like cauliflower, things they love, like their spouse or whatever, right? <laughs> like ice cream, okay? And then, they, and then be, just because of our culture, mm-hmm. we're pretty programmed to believe that hating isn't okay, even cauliflower, okay? Um, now, we already talked about that, that there is a time for hate. But I think it would be great if, as we spend the last couple minutes wrapping up um, and get practical again and talk about... Um, how do we know the things that we're hating, it's an appropriate time to hate them? Uh, and the things that we love, it's an appropriate time to love them. What does that actually look like from a practical standpoint? And how do they know? Because somebody might be saying something like, I hate, um, we'll just go to a, a, a hot topic. I hate um, abortion. And um, is that okay? Um, and if I hate abortion, is it okay to hate the abortion clinics? And if, if it's okay to hate the abortion clinics, is it okay to hate the abortion doctors? And is, if it's okay to hate the abortion doctors, is it okay to hate the women that have gotten an abortion? Hmm. And so how do we, like, how do we understand that, um, you know, curve of emotion and what's appropriate, not appropriate for the time that we're in in any particular thing, because as you guys have all mentioned, everyone is in a different place and and is in a different place with the Lord and in a season. So let's talk about, as we end this, how to know what is right and righteous and so forth. Chris, that is such a brilliant question. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that out. As if I, if I was listening to this podcast, I'd be like, yes, mm. that is the question to ask. My response to that first is I'll just jump off that if you were sexually abused as a child and now you're an advocate against that, you know the pain of it, you've experienced it firsthand, you know how what it wrecks, um, or maybe there was substance involved, alcohol, uh, drugs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you're now aware of that and how that destroys people or family or maybe the individual's still in that thing and they can't get out of it. Um, here's what, you know, you've worked through that. You've learned to forgive. You've learned to begin to show love. Maybe you've even leaned in to have some form of healthy relationship with the one who um, hurt you. And you, you can see that the Lord's helped you supernaturally, by the way, make some strides. Because people don't just recover from that on their own. Time doesn't heal. The Lord heals. Mm-hmm. And so if you've had an open heart to him at all, he's come in and, and helped you through that. But at the same time, you're still a huge advocate against that. You can see warning signs. Maybe uh, you, um, are, uh, you've helped other people through that, et cetera, et cetera. And so where I think that that is, serves as a benefit for you and, and people around the world is, is this, that I can go through and I can know, okay, I've suffered that. I've got a radar for that. I can see that coming a mile away. Um, and so what I want to do is I want to teach people 
how to create healthy boundaries. I want to teach people how to stay safe from the early, early warning signs. I want to teach people how to forgive so that the enemy doesn't get into their heart. Here's how the enemy works, and I'll just expose the enemy's plan in all of this. It's one thing to have a perpetrator wound you or a wounded person wound you. It's another thing for that wound to stay in your heart for the rest of your life. And so the only thing that you can do is manage you. And so, how have I responded? And that's really where the Lord works on the heart. I know this thing happened to you, and it's because of the fall of man that this thing ever happened to you. But what you can control is your heart. And that's really what we're responsible for. Mm -hmm. Do I still hate this person? Have I not forgiven them? By the way, um, keeping a healthy distance doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. It means you know your healthy boundaries, and you actually have learned self-care. Gained wisdom. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but at the same time, you can say, I know how to sell, uh, set healthy boundaries, but I do not hate them anymore. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I love them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those types of things where you can um, recover from uh, things that have happened to you, but at the same time, you recognize that your personal responsibility does not allow you to hate the person, but you can still hate abuse. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. That is really spot on. That's Granny, amazing. It yeah. seems like you got something. I did. Um, my my first response, you know, is always like, nope, it's never okay to hate someone. Never. And then I think about, you know, Hitler and what he did to all the people and Stalin and we could go down... You know, even if, if I had a family member who was murdered and I could think of the murderer and, you know, I could fill in the blank. Yeah. And then I think, what would Jesus, what would Jesus have done? Did, he, did Jesus still die hanging on the cross for that person? What, what was his feeling towards them? You know what I mean? Like, I've got to try and put it in perspective um, that they deserve his blood just as much as I, I do in the fact that I've never killed someone doesn't mean I'm more worthy of, of the blood of, of the lamb. So I have to keep that in mind the whole time. And then um, I just keep getting this visual of like, let's say I have a friend who has a wound, an open wound on their chest, and I can absolutely see there's still debris in that wound. Um, I'm unhappy that they got into the situation that they got into that caused the wound. Now, that does not make me happy, right? I am angry about it. I have told them that I'm angry about it. And they recognize, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have done that. Look at this wound. I'm bleeding. I've got full-on debris in here. What am I going to do? Am I going to just ignore the wound and let the debris continue to f cause infection and fester? Like, no, I have to be able to maintain and deal with my own stuff, but help them be healed so that their, their infection can go away and that they hopefully can learn not to do the thing again that caused them that. And right, I think right. oftentimes people look at the help that, uh, that Christians or friends want to give to remove the, the debris and be like, that's none of your business. You can't do that. Like for reals, you know, like that's not your responsibility. But maybe they can't do it themselves. Maybe they need the help 
from the outside. And I, I feel like that comes through relationship. Like that comes through trust. You know, I'm gonna take out what needs to be taken out and I promise I'll leave all of you in there, you know? Um, but I also think that that comes with that person trusting that our responses are genuinely for their best interest, not reactive. And not, while I'm in there, I'm just gonna steal this part of you because, you know, I think it should come out. You deal with what needs to be dealt with and you love and you help heal. That to me was my, the, the picture that went through my mind in trying to understand love and hate. You absolutely can deal with the, the irate feelings, but I just don't think that we, we are meant to hate the people. There's a piece of God on the inside of them that deserves our love and our genuine connection, no matter what they've done. We have to honor that and then deal with everything else in love. That's so practical. And it comes home when Paul, before he was Paul, he was Saul and he was killing Christians. He was the modern day Osama bin Laden. And Ananias goes gets a word from God, yeah, you're going to be the catalyst that brings him into the kingdom. And everybody's going to have to learn to love this guy because you all know who he is. It's crazy. That's, that's crazy. That's heavy. So and you um, put it in the context of something that we can relate to in our lifetime. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you're not stupid. Yeah. I mean, Paul's got to show some major signs of repentance. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I think this, is, this has been really... Um, it's been really good because it's easy to polarize things like love and hate and war and peace and things like this. Um, and we often do that. And it just seems like the right thing. Like, like you said, Veronique, at the beginning, especially because of your super high influencer, there's never a time for hate, not even cauliflower. Um, there's never a time for hate. There's only a time for love. Um, but the scripture says that there is a time for hate and there is a time for love. I think it's very easy to... Um, grab on to those times and hold on to them longer than we should or not mm -hmm. long enough um, or grab on to them in the wrong timing. So I think the underlying message I'm hearing from all you guys is really one of knowing your season and really being aware of when that season is in and when that season is out because the uh, very damaging things will happen if you're in the wrong season. Mm -hmm. So I think this has been a fantastic um, uh, episode. If you haven't uh, heard the, the previous one, this, this one today is part of a, a little series we're doing on knowing your season. And if you haven't heard the previous one, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one, which is on the seasons of war and of peace. Now is a time of polarized um, um, agendas and polarized viewpoints and a lot of division. We know that division is from the enemy. We know that the vision is not from the Lord. And he's using these things to polarize um, people against each other and to really cause a lot of division. So knowing your season is critically important. So go back, listen to that one. And um, and then also take a moment and share this with, with people that either come to your mind right now as we're talking about this or just on your social media to help get this out there. And then the last thing I would say is let us know what you think about this. Give us feedback. Um, post comments in there. Um, we'd love to hear what you um, think about these podcasts. Good or bad is okay. Just let us know. 
So this has been awesome, you guys. Appreciate being able to talk through some of these difficult things with you guys. Now is a, um, a very important time in history, I believe. I think everybody, when they're in their time in history, thinks that. Um, so I don't know that we're unique in that, but I feel like it's a very important time in history. And so I appreciate being able to dig into these topics with you guys. And it's been fun. So we'll see you guys on the next episode. We'll see you later.